It's Ask an Engineer. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Ask Engineer. We're a few minutes late because our show and tell was epic. We'll tell you all about it in a minute. Yep. We have a jam-packed show. We've got videos. We've got Collins. We've got new products. We've got NPI. We got, it's not out yet. we got, like, Circuit Python news. We've got a lot of stuff going on. There's so much stuff. There's freebies. We just have to get right into it because we're not going to have time. All right. On tonight's show, we are... Open, smart, and safe. We are shipping orders worldwide. Your orders support us. Yes. An open source hardware company in New York City. These are all pre-COVID photos. A lot of us look like this, but we have a mask on. <laughs> and gloves. <laughs> show and tell people around the world. Show and share other projects. Lady Ada will talk about that and more. Some JP show highlights and some coming soon, so along with a Make Code Minute. We have some time travel where we look around in the world of makers, hackers, artists, engineers. And this week we have a world premiere of Collins Lab. Everybody Yay! loves Collins Lab. Um, I have a little bit of Circuit Python news. We got some main New York City factory footage, some 3D printed videos, and more. Happy 300th episode coming up. No and Pedro. We have everyone's favorite segment, DigiKey and Adafruit present. <laughs> INPI. This week we'll be going over Sensoron, the sensor company product that is this week's INMPI. We have some new products. We have a bunch of top secret. We have questions that we will get to. You will have questions. We will have answers, and we'll provide them on adafruit.it slash discord. We can all get together and join 25,000 of us over there. All that and more on, you guessed it, Ask an Engineer. Yes. Okay, so let's uh, kick this off. Lady Ada, we are... um, Safe. Yeah, so we've been operating for seven months. Um, We were essential. Yeah, we got deemed an essential business. We were making face shields for New York for doctors when this first happened. Then we we were were making electronics that were very much needed. There was things uh, from ventilator components to things that tested stuff, so we worked on that. And then um, we got our team back on site for all the rest of the orders. We were able to partner up with our friends at DigiKey who helped us make sure things were going out. Um, And we can continue to operate as a company. I know everyone's going to watch the news and they're going to see layoffs and businesses getting shut down will be okay but we're only okay when you place orders so here's the here's good news bad news good news a bank doesn't own adafruit there we have no loans um venture capitalists don't own adafruit they're not gonna like leverage buyout distressed asset um try to get us to merge or do weird things or say okay you have to pivot to be a machine learning juice company now um they're not gonna do that uh it just means that we have to um sell stuff so uh, luckily, we don't have a retail store either. Um, we've always done online sales. We have all our distributors um, from Arrow to DigiKey to Mauser to all the, uh, all of them on adafruit.com slash distributors. Those are just some of the larger ones. Um, but place an order because that helps us and it keeps us in business. I think we're the only woman-owned manufacturing company in New York City. Um, and if there was one before, they're probably not making it now. So that helps us. Please keep doing it. And our way of saying thanks, besides just saying thanks, is when you check out, you get different free and unique stuff. free stuff now. So we're doing uh, free stemmas. That's right. You know, We've yeah. had the... Oh. 
Well, you can talk okay. about it. Oh, Thanks. I don't know. There's yeah. music. Um, There's so, no music. Yeah, we're going to After, if you order $150 or more, uh, we will toss in one of these cool Stemma QT board sensors, RTCs, driver boards. Um, you know, we have like a cool RFID EEPROM. We toss in a whole bunch of our most popular Stemma boards, and you'll get one free one. And if you make an account, we'll send you a different free one every time you yeah. order over $150. This is something that you get when you order from Adafruit. Uh, you don't get it when you order from other distributors. You should support them too. But uh, to get these freebies, yeah. it has to be an Adafruit.com order. So we Protos, we got Circuit Playgrounds, we got Free, free Shipping, Ground, and we got Stemmas. So. And at every order level, you get all the previous yeah. stuff too. Yeah, it's our way of saying thanks. We also have on JP's Product Pick Show on Tuesdays, we do a really big discount. Um, and you watch the show live from the product page. That's right. So that's what we're doing. So again, thank you so much, everybody. Um, we're still around seven months in, and it's because of all of you, our customers. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, thank people you. around the world, show and share the projects every single week. More is going to have a quick recap. Yes. Lady who is on the show until this week? What did they share? It was pretty much all synthesizers. We had, uh, no, just kidding. We start off with uh, Kevin from DigiKey. Uh, he got a matrix portal. Uh, he like got like the last one, and he made a DigiKey PDC opening countdown timer. And you're wondering, what's a PDC? It's a product distribution center. So they're opening a 1 million square foot new facility to stock with all sorts of great electronic goodies to help engineers and makers hopefully make a better world. Uh, and it's opening in about 200-ish days. And so they've got a countdown clock uh, to keep the project on schedule. So that was kind of cool to see. Uh, and he uh, did that all in CircuitPython. Zach from Bantam. Uh, they make a cool circuit board uh, machines as well as now a CNC, a new product. Came by and showed a, a product made with the CNC, which had um, milled out walnut. It had um, like aluminum, anodized aluminum that was cut, as well as a circuit board. Just kind of like three different materials, all to make a cool synthesizer that featured the Feather M4. Speaking of synthesizers, uh, Colin has a new video. We're going to show that soon. He came by and showed off his really nice MIDI synthesizer that uses body skin resistance um, to trigger different notes and it uses a feather and four with an OLED to give uh, the resistance and like the note pitch. Um, Aaron has a nice guide, a no solder Bluetooth controllable light strip. Um, you're doing Zoom videos or learnings, uh, you want to have a cool background, these uh, no solder BLE lights can be um, quickly installed using NeoPixels and a screwdriver and one of our uh, blue food boards and then controlled over your phone to uh, set multiple different animations. Phil B um, has uh, ported his iProject yet again. Uh, every uh, late summer, we chain him to his desk and demand that he port eyes to another platform. <laughs> Four years running, it's been working out. This time it's two LED matrices. He's, he, it's not chained, he just, he just kind of has to, though, because it's, it's Halloween. Um, so uh, you can check that out. Three different awesome eye designs, uh, you know, werewolf, a cyclops, and a kobold. Uh, and also instructions on how you can design your own uh, pixel art. Um, creepy looking eyes. Um, good thing to put in your window this Halloween, especially if you don't expect to have trick-or-treaters, um, just people walking by and checking stuff out. Or if you want to have a sign that maybe has these eyes and then, like, tells people to take only one candy... Um, nobody listens to that, but maybe maybe if they have the eyes staring at them, they won't. Uh, Melissa um, tried out a new way to turn on enable hardware SPI and Jetson Nano boards, and it worked out. And so she got NeoPixel support for the Jetson Nano, as well as TFTs working. So it's very exciting. It's one of the things that was missing 
from the Jetson Nano, and uh, they got that going without having to do any weird um, kernel recompiling. Brian uh, got a bearded dragon, and so I guess you feed these bearded dragons cockroaches, and so now he's breeding cockroaches. Um, that happens, you know, if you get like an iguana that I think they eat like mice, and then suddenly you're like a mouse breeder. Anyways, so he built a really awesome IoT system for um, checking on the humidity and temperature of his uh, cockroach breeding grounds. And uh, they look adorable, or so I've heard. Uh, Nan Pedro and Liz did a MIDI Maker collaboration, uh, a really beautiful um, acrylic and vinyl cut and wooden enclosure for a feather with a MIDI um, feather wing that uh, drove Liz's robotic xylophone. Sounds really cool, and it was. Uh, JP had a preview of this week's JP workshop. It's going to be doing sprite sheet animation. He's uh, an animation professional, so he's going to teach you all the tricks of the trade. And uh, Seth came by, and it was inspired to start a board business. Now's a good time to start a business. You're at home, make electronics, sell it. Uh, you can. You, know, you don't need a retail store. You can just send it in the mail. Uh, and he's making an at mega board with a stem connector. All right. All participants on the show until we get a nice thank you until we're shipping stickers again. Um, just a reminder, it's part of our eight different live series of shows. So 7.30 p.m., that's when you want to come on, show and tell. Then, you know, later on, just, Stick keep, just keep sticking around. And then we do Ask an Engineer now. So those are the shows. Remember them. Like and subscribe. Hit that alert button. Um, it'll let you know when we're broadcasting live. On Sundays, we have Desk of Lady Ada. And on that show, we have... That is the sound of us searching, and that is Lady Ada showing you how to use DigiKey and how to get all the parts that you're looking for. So we have the segment called The Great Search. I also have tips and tricks, like this week with SPI Flash, and I've made lots of mistakes while buying SPI Flash, and I'm going to teach you all of those mistakes so you don't have to make them. JP Show, we have a few different ones. Uh, there's JP Workshop tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. We also have um, the... Probably. Product pick, but let's um, take a look at what's coming up and also a little highlight from uh, JP's product pick of the week. This is the product right here, BNO55, the 9DOF orientation sensor. First of all, what's 9 degrees of freedom? That means that this is giving us uh, essentially rotational positioning data from uh, three axes of an accelerometer, from a magnetometer, and from a gyroscope. All of that data can be um, massaged and fused to give us the thing we really care about, which is a heading, pitch, and roll. 
which is where is this thing pointed in space? Like we said, these can be used for navigation, for robotics, for personal fitness, um, for drones, for toys, for laptops. And that is why this is my product pick of the week. Okay, and every single week we have a Make Code Minute. JP, take it away. All right, so for the Make Code Minute today, you can see it right there. What I wanted to show was an example of doing a type of candle flicker animation uh, very simply inside of Make Code. So what I have uh, going on here, you can see there's a, a little diffuser that I've put on a Circuit Playground Express here, and then I just have all the pixels set to a kind of an orangey, warm yellow. Uh, and in my code here, what you'll see is that I have essentially one function that I created called Flicker. And inside of this, I'm doing a few things to give us some nice randomness. First of all, I set the minimum brightness value to some random number between 70 and 100. Then I set my maximum brightness value to a minimum of whatever that minimum was, so that starting point, up to a random uh, value, which is between 140 and 180, minus that minimum brightness. So this gives us a very uh, particular range that can change, but they're always going to be uh, nicely related to each other. And then I have a couple loops here. First, we go and index increasing the brightness. Uh, by one until we get from the minimum to the maximum. Uh, then we pause a random amount of time. Then we get a new minimum so we can drop down a little darker. And then we run through the thing in reverse. We drop down until we hit that bottom level and then pause again. Uh, and, and you can see the results there. I think they look nice. And you can also take a look in the console here uh, where I'm displaying what those look like. So you'll see there's never a jump. It's always going to be a continuous line. And it has some little pauses in there and things that you can see. But I think we get a nice somewhat realistic uh, candle flicker. It's a nice warmish kind of glow. Looks looks good if you don't look right at the pixels too. Let me move that up there. You get this kind of nice cheery. You could also use this for sort of like a fireplace glow. Uh, but I thought that was a nice way to do it in a very simple uh, type of loop. And uh, so that is how you can create a flicker animation inside of MakeCode running on the Circuit Playground Express. And that is your MakeCode Minute. Okay, so tune in to all the different JP's shows. As someone said in the chat, um, they really enjoy how JP's videos are getting more and more outrageous. That's right. We are maximizing every algorithmic possibility to game the YouTube system to have this video about electronics go to number one, thus beating the latest conspiracy theory video. That's Look, I mean, it's not a coincidence. We named the cutie pie after PewDiePie. We didn't, but that's funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyways, uh, keep tuning in on that. All right, let's do some time travel. Okay, time travel. Look around let's the world. Let's travel to the future. <laughs> well, sort of. Um, we changed our graphics up on our site, and we have adafruit.com slash vote. Um, you know, uh, here's the deal. Give a month. Uh, can you hand me my little... So I got my, I got my um, absentee ballot in New York. It, the... The name was right, the address is right, it's me, it's all that stuff. Anyways, because you never hear about all the you know millions of things that worked out. Um, and if it didn't, I'd also say something, by the way, because I'd be like, hey, is that right? It didn't work out. But anyways, I got mine. Um, Lady is probably going to vote in person. I'm going to send mine, and we're going to uh, do this. And well, I might get my mail in if I can. Yeah, and, well, who knows? We'll, we'll, we'll do a we'll, together. We're going to figure it out. But um, 
adafruit.com slash vote has voting resources, but mostly we put it up there because there's poll workers that are needed. There's people that want to participate. Um, you know, we have a very can-do DIY community that wants to do something. And I think that's one of the things, no matter, you know, where you are on the political spectrum, you probably feel like you want to do something. Hanging out on Twitter is probably not the best thing to do. So consider it. So check out our resources and more. And, uh, you know, this everyone's going to ask for probably the rest of your life. What were you doing in 2020? Because we have pandemics. We have some... Global, global, global catastrophes. Um, we have a lot going on. So I think one of the things that we should all do if we can is vote. So if you're in the U.S. and you can vote, you may as well. Um, join us in this mess. It is our mess. <laughs> it, is our, and it, can our, it could be our beautiful mess together. So that's, uh, that's our news about that. And thank you to the people who have posted up in the channels and the comments and emailed us and said, oh... I wasn't really going to vote or anything, but, you know, I saw the resource page, so I did. Or they said, oh, I, you know, thanks for making it easy to find the poll worker resources. Um, it's really important. And, uh, you know, it's just one of those things that we get to do. So we should do. A lot of people in other locations in the world right now don't get to vote, and they wish they could. And a lot of people made a lot of sacrifices in their life so we could vote, so we should. So that's my little voting thing. Now, the best news of 2020 so far, I think, is we have a new Collins Lab. That's right. So Colin's Lab is a series that we do. Uh, Colin and I met almost 15 years ago, and uh, I met him at an event that I helped run when Etsy was like five people. Um, I had started a Make Magazine office because I had moved from New York, uh, Seattle to New York. I met Colin. I'm just like, this guy's cool. And uh, eventually Colin worked at Make Magazine with me, and we did a bunch of videos together. And then when we were able to, when we got together and we're doing Adafruit stuff, I said, hey, we should get Colin to do stuff with us. And so um, the latest Colin's lab video is here. We will continue to try to do more. We're going to try to do even smaller ones um, so we can, you know, crank out more. But thanks for hanging in there because, you know, this last six months has just been like, hold on tight, everybody. Everything's going to be all over the place. But one thing that's consistent is Colin. And Never changing. Like the a quality rock. of videos that he does is fantastic. So Colin, take it away.
Collins Lab. We'll have more ahead. We have a new shorter series of things that we're doing as well. And uh, thank you so much, Colin, um, who is a triple threat. He can sing, dance, and act. Um, so he's also a silent movie star. Well, he shot that and edited, it and he and he did that. He did the whole thing. And um, you know, I, I one of the one of the treats in life that we used to have, um, you know, pre March essentially was sometimes I got to work on a video with Colin. Colin and I worked on the. Circuit Playground series with the puppets together. Oh, you're and, getting so close and, to the end. And, um, you know, when you're doing puppetry, you're very close to each other. And so now the only person I'm around is Lady Ada. And, you know, doing doing shoots in mass and everything is possible, but we're, we're making sure we avoid that if we can. And Colin was able to put this all together by himself. So thanks, Colin, because I know people really enjoy these videos. All right. More time travel. Um, don't forget the Circuit Python 6 beta is going on. You should download it and use it because now's your chance to get stuff fixed. A lot of people are using Circuit Python and a lot of people are using it in all sorts of ways we never expected. So get the latest beta, um, flash your devices and more. And uh, if you're wondering what's going on in the world of Python on hardware, you should go to Adafruit Daily and sign up for the Python on Hardware newsletter. Um, this week, highlights in the newsletter include Halloween it's projects. Halloween. We're doing no, Halloween Doing Halloween projects. I think one of the things that, um, and I wanted to, I'll go over a couple things in the newsletter. But one of the things I wanted to to, to focus on, um, Katni was doing the uh, audio version of the newsletter each week, and I, you know, I think I can get back to it now too for a segment in the show, and we're focusing it on like what things can you actually purchase and then like do stuff with Python and now Halloween. And one of the reasons we wanted to talk about that is it's really hard to get those spooky sounds you want, that that specific pattern for your costume. And it's always been really hard. It was hard yeah. to do with microcontrollers. If you have to download an IDE, if you have to do a lot of stuff. embed it as a header file. Yeah. Oh, it's so complicated. So we have a Halloween countdown, display matrix, creaturized monster mass, Halloween, we have Circuit Playground for Halloween and Jack Lanterns, and we have you know all sorts of things that you can do with Circuit Python where you don't even need to know how to code, but it gets powerful really fast. So if you want to have um, a robotic project that like moves and it has a scary sound and has lights, you could do that with Circuit Python Python um, really easily. And that's one of the things that was always hard to do with these like DIY Halloween projects. And I've been working on this for like. Almost 20 years now, all the way back in make in the world yeah. of make, where it's just like, wow, Halloween electronics is hard to do. That's why a lot of people just buy like off-the-shelf stuff because you can't just. There wasn't anything that you could just like drop a sound, drop an image, and now you're done. Yeah. So, anyways, um, there's a lot more Circuit Python music uh, projects this week. Uh, some events. Hacktoberfest is every year. Um, it'll be even more virtual. Uh, Digital Ocean sponsored this, so if you want to do some open source projects, um, check that out. Um, Pi Ladies, uh, we have some news about their latest events coming up and more. Scott's doing a really big deep dive this week on Friday, and uh, he said he's uh, adding this thing in this notes file, so it time codes to the URLs. Yeah. Check that out. 
Um, we have some back to school stuff. I'll actually just say it straight up: like our back to school sales are way different this year than they were every other year because schools aren't going back in the same way. So um, this is one of those times where if you have a lot of at-home learners, pick up a Circuit Playground Express. You can have them. Um, you can flash it, and now they're using MakeCode, or you can just flash it, and now they're using uh, Python, um, Circuit Python. So um, other bits of news around the web, um, you can see some of the things that we got out, like our Cutie Pie board. There's um, sensors that you can, uh, the Cutie Pie got out pretty fast. Um, people have already used it. There's an internet calibrated clock using ESP32-S2 using CircuitPython beta. Once again, that's the latest and greatest chip. That it's Wi-Fi, it's ESP32, and it runs CircuitPython, so check that out. Some Python for kids resources. There's a new driver for the SparkFun STU USB 5500. 4500 USB delivery. You can, that, you can get that on Docs, And um, you can check out just more stuff that we have in the bigger world of Python. It's all connected. And then we also cover some of the new products we have and more. Um, check out the number of libraries we have. Um, we're up to num- uh, 273. Yay, well, that's and Circuit slash downloads has all the boards well over 400. And then we have Blinka. So check that out. That is our Python on Hardware news for this week. A couple more events. Um, you know, a lot subscribe, of these are You'll yeah, get in your a lot of these are virtual now. And then as always, you know, there's a lot of people that are looking for um, new opportunities. So yep. we have our jobs board. You check that it's out free. as well. Okay. So that's our Python on Hardware news this week. Okay. We are an open source hardware company. It is open source hardware month coming up starting tomorrow. Yeah. I have some posts planned. Um, I, so there's a couple, so last year I did a post a day because we weren't dealing with a pandemic. So I'm not going to be able to do that this year. Yeah. So I'm going to try to do a couple posts that I, I, I don't know exactly how or when, but I, I do want to celebrate some of the folks that are out there doing open source hardware. And there's a couple things I can use some help with from the community yeah. that I just want to fix. Okay. And, and, and oh we'll boy. see how that goes. Okay. We'll see how that goes. Um, and speaking of fixing things. So seven years ago, Lady Ada, yeah. we wrote up a thing called the Internet Things Bill of Rights. Seven years ago. One of the things we said is, boy, it'd be great for all these IoT devices to have an on and off switch, especially on the microphone. Yeah. And we sent emails. And we said it on our shows. And we met people at Google. And we met people at Apple. And we met people on Amazon. And no one did anything until now. Finally. So go Google. Well, they saw our... our, our uh, I'll say this. Craft hat, and they're like, "Oh, what a great!" I'll idea. say this. I know Google, who the people who work on these things are our customers, um, because I used to ship the orders. <laughs> yeah. Um, go Google, like you know. You repeated, repeated, and I said they did it. You know, it's a, good, it's a good, mechanical good, switch. Good on you, Google, because you know we're all we're all under a lot of scrutiny for everything we do, and you know Google gets uh, dunked on. Um, for things, and maybe they don't always get the kudos, but I'm giving them some kudos tonight. This is a physical switch that when you switch it, the microphone is off, and there's a visual thing, like an orange color, so you know it's off. It is now off. That you can is, see from across the room. Yeah, so that is that is something. Did we have anything to do with it? No one ever admitted it if we did, but I'm going to take a little bit of credit for it, because we've been banging on this drum without a mute button. Seven years. For seven years. So, anyways, um, and that is part of our, you know, Internet of Things Bill of Rights. We think there's a lot of open source opportunities. Um, you know, if you look at what's happening, Apple has used privacy as a selling point. So Google can step up, yeah, step in, and put a switch on it. HomePod doesn't have one. If you love it, put a switch on it. So, anyways, 
Next up, we have 2,302 guides, Lady Ada. What's on the big board? What's going on this week? Okay, so um, last week we finished up with the moon face clock for the Adafruit Matrix Portal. That was from Phil B., and he's following up this week with the Matrix Portal Creature Eyes. Um, eyes, but now in CircuitPython. Uh, it comes with three uh, cool pixel art designs, but you can also create your own, and please send them over. We'll share them with the community. Um, you also are catching up on some product guides, thanks to Katni, who's um, back in town and is the one who helps me uh, get these guides done. Um, we've got the Cutie Pie guide. Uh, so people who bought a Cutie Pie and you're like, what are the pinouts? What can each pin do? How do I install CircuitPython? What if I want to put the SPI flash on the back? Check out this guide. JP has a Purple Air AQI display. Purple Air is an online like free air quality service. You, I guess you put in your location and it gives you your air quality. Pressing, you know, the, the, this is a pressing need for people because they are in areas that don't have great air quality. You want to know uh, whether you need a filtering mask or just a plain uh, cloth mask for your day. Um, it's that kind of year. Uh, check out the guide. It's for the Matrix Portal. Knowing uh, Pedro and uh, Liz Clark collaborated on the MIDI Melody Maker. We'll show a video about that soon. Very cool project uh, with the new MIDI Featherwing. Aaron, uh, as we mentioned, has an easy no soldering. Bluetooth controlled room lights. Um, if you want to add like really cool effects using um, Katni's awesome LED animations library, um, this guide will get you started. And again, you don't need solder, just a screwdriver and a couple of Adafruit parts. Uh, Brent um, created a guide on Adafruit IO trigger schedule triggers. So if you want something to turn on or off every you know 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. or like whatever, um, these schedule triggers make it really easy to set up like. You know, it's like when you were a kid and there was like the, uh, like you had a little automated like ring thing that you could plug something into and set like the on off times. It's like that, but it's completely electronic. And we, uh, thanks to Melissa for um, helping out writing the guide for the Adafruit Matrix Portal M4. People also wanted, you know, downloads and files and, and Arduino and example code. Um, also the uh, code for the um, LED sand is also included, uh, as well as instructions on how to use it with a 64 by 64 matrix. So. Lots of great guides this week. Yeah, we got this. And then we also had the eyes. And we're up to 2,302. So we'll keep cranking away at guides. Yeah, we'll get um, to 2,500 in the next year. Yeah, I know. You know, I, I probably should mention it. You know, learn.adafruit.com is a free resource. We don't pay wallet. There's no newsletter thing that pops up. You know, I back when times were different, I would mention this stuff because I would remember... Yeah. Um, but because like everyone right now has to use the internet so much, like every time I go to a website, it's just an assault and I'm trying to get rid of this bar and this newsletter and this thing, this cookie, this GDPR. Yeah. I hate when you like scroll nothing. and then it locks you out. It's just like, ugh. yeah, it's the internet, man. Yeah. You know, what's interesting is, so we were all forced to do this GDPR stuff, like, and then, like but couldn't have like. Like, the same people that forced us to do the GDPR stuff, maybe they could have, like, worked on the mask problem. Like, we all had to be compliant, like, or else. Yeah. Like, what are, where's those GDPR people? Why, don't they, why aren't they in charge of, like, masks? Okay, anyways. Um, so we got some other stuff going on. Okay. Um, we got some made in New York City factory footage. Oh, did you want to show the... Oh, do you want to show the Bluetooth light thing? Only if you want. I mean, I think we could show a little bit of it. Yeah, let's show it, and then we'll go, then we'll, then we'll go to the footage. Okay.
Okay, now we're back to the footage. Yay! Alright, so we got some photos and more, some pogo pins. They're cool. Little, yeah. Looks like chess pieces. footage without either sunrise or a sunset and the um, never-ending Disney construction site across the street from Adafruit. I think this is where they dig up pieces of the Mandalorian and they put it together <laughs> somewhere else. This is the Yoda burial ground. Yeah. Yoda. Yeah, this is where they, they grow them. Yeah. In the ground. In pits. You've got to grow the Yoda before you <laughs> free the Yoda. I don't know. I don't know what they're doing there. Really. Okay. <laughs> I think anyone does. You uh, see how far they've gone underneath the street, though. You can, like... Yeah. They got the ramp, but... All right, so we got some 3D printing. Um, again, some congrats to Noah and Pedro for their 300th 3D <laughs> Hangout. Coming soon. It's a lot of shows. It's the longest running, most popular 3D print show ever. Um, so we're going to show two videos back to back. We're going to do the mini project, and then we're going to do this uh, speed up uh, helmet. And then NPI on the other side. Yeah. Stick around. Hey, what's up, folks? In this project, we're making a MIDI instrument with CircuitPython. This is a fun project that lets you create melodies using MIDI notes and lets you play with modulation and other parameters. This uses the MIDI Featherwing, so you can plug this into any instrument with a standard MIDI jack. There's a built-in 3-volt optocoupler, so you can interface with MIDI using Feather's 3-volt logic. The 128x64 OLED lets you display text and graphics, so you can see the values and parameters. With Stemma QT, you can easily add a display to your projects to plug and play. To start playing, press the push button. You can adjust modulation to change the shape of the sound. The note division lets you adjust the length of the notes. 
you can switch between different modes like minor and major triads. Dial in the key of the pattern to create your own arpeggios. Use the slider to adjust the beats per minute. Blinka also nods her head along with the BPM acting a lot like the metronome. To make these sounds, I have this plugged into my microcorg synth using a MIDI cable. The MIDI out from the Melody Maker connects to the MIDI in port on the back of the microcorg. The Featherwing Doubler lets you plug in two featherboards and has plenty of pinouts. This project uses the Feather M4 Express and the MIDI Featherwing. This allows the project to be more modular so it's easy to swap out the feathers. You can get the parts to build this project, links are in the description. We designed the enclosure to be made from pieces of wood and acrylic. To make sure everything fits, we use 3D models of the electronics. We set up user parameters so we can quickly adjust the size so it's easy to scale it up. Manufacturing models allow us to set up stock for each part so we can set up toolpaths for CNC milling. We only need two end mills to cut the pieces and use 2D contours and pockets to create the holes and outlines. 3D models of Adafruit parts are on GitHub, so please feel free to use them in your projects. This uses the MIDI library for CircuitPython. The code for this project was written by Liz Clark of LitCity DIY. It's nicely commented so you can change up the MIDI notes and create new modes or control different MIDI CC messages. The REPL serial monitor lets you see the values change as you adjust the potentiometers. This is a great way to debug your code or get feedback from the parameters. Definitely check this out if you're interested in making MIDI projects with CircuitPython. To cut our parts, we use the Other Mill Desktop CNC from Bantam Tools. I cut wood and acrylic stock to size so they would fit on the spoil board. I also made some decals using our Cree-Cut vinyl cutter. An eighth inch flattened mill will do all of the wood milling. I used Nitto tape to secure the piece of wood to the spoil board. I faced the top and bottom of the wood stock so it would be nice and level with the spoil board. I think the 1 8 inch flattened mill is great for wood because it can do a max depth cut of about a millimeter. After facing the material, I proceeded to run the next job, milling out the pockets. With the acrylic being an 8 inch thick, the slots are perfectly sized for this tool bit. Tabs from the acrylic panels will press fit into these slots so everything fits together. The last operation is a 2D contour which creates the outline of the part. These wooden side panels ended up being 12mm thick. After the milling was complete, I made sure to vacuum up the sawdust and thoroughly clean the mill. A bit of alcohol softens up the tape, and a thin spatula lets you pop off the piece from the spoil board. I did some light sanding on these edges, but overall a nice cut from the other mill. I created a second side using similar procedure. Onto the acrylic using a 16th inch flattened mill. This tool is ideal for cutting our acrylic panels. I used double-sided scotch tape to adhere the acrylic to the spoil board. Milling the acrylic took a bit longer than the wood because the max depth is about 0.1 millimeters. The top panel has most of the mounting holes, a slot for the slider, and a cutout for the display. Again, using a bit of alcohol to remove the acrylic from the spoil board. The top panel looks really nice in this frosted purple color. Next up is the bottom panel. For this, I used a dark purple colored acrylic. Using the same tool, I made very similar cuts, mostly the outline. I switched over to an engraving bit so that I could engrave the CircuitPython logo onto the bottom panel. My engraving tool is a bit dull, so it left behind some burred edges. 
I ran the engraving operation a second time and found that actually cleaned most of it up. If I were to do this again, I would probably try a deeper engraving to make the cut really pop. After a bit of cleanup, the parts are good and ready for assembly. I left the wooden sides unfinished, but I'm thinking I might add some shellac to make it really pop. I made some labels using a Cricut vinyl cutter for the top and back panels. I applied the vinyl to the acrylic and used the holes as registration marks to line them up. A squeegee helps knock out any air bubbles. Slowly peel away the transfer tape and be careful not to lift the edges of the vinyl. This holographic vinyl has a mirror finish that changes colors at different angles. I did a quick dry fit of the parts before panel mounting the components. The potentiometers are panel mounted using the included hardware. With everything wired up, the panels are press fitted into the slots of the wooden sides. So if you want to build something like this, be sure to check out the learn guide. I hope this inspires you to check out CircuitPython for your next musical project. Thanks so much for watching and be sure to subscribe for more projects from Adafruit. Wednesdays, 11 a.m., don't forget. All right, Lady Ada. Mm-hmm. It's that time. You ready? Yeah. DigiKey and Adafruit bring you... The S stands for <laughs> Sensors. That's right. It's from Sensirion. Sensirion, the sensor company... It also sounds like a, you know, like a Marvel character. Sensirion yeah, from, has all the senses. From Planet Sensor. That's right. Um, tragic story what happened to the Planet Sensor. Uh, yeah. Sensirion is actually uh, a spinoff from ETH. I think they're in uh, Switzerland, and they have some offices around the world. And they make great sensors. We love their temperature and humidity sensors, the SHT series. They've been doing this for quite a while. And uh, recently they branched. Well, they've also done carbon dioxide sensors. They also have part particulate sensors. Um, but they branched off into doing gas sensors. I really like their gas sensors. So um, when I saw this new gas sensor from Sensirion on digikey.com, I was like, sweet, because I'll make a breakout for it, and like I'll also use that, that excuse to like make an INMPI. So this week's INMPI is the SGP40. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's show okay. all of it. This is it. So it's a little surface mount chip. 
And um, what it does is it can measure volatile organic compounds. It does that with an MOX sensor, a MOX sensor. It's a metal oxide. So how does that work? Um, well, you know, sensors have different, basically sensors are, there's not only so many different ways you can measure something. And uh, resistance and capacitance are kind of the most popular. Like either you can somehow turn your thing you're measuring into a resistor, or you can like turn it into like a capacitor, or maybe you can like turn it into a voltage. In this case, what you have is a piece of silicon, and like what you're seeing here is actually like very small. Um, there's a hot plate, but the hot plate's actually just like a, you know, it's actually just PCB material that has like a resistor, just like you have on like a 3D printer, it's like a gigantic resistor. On top of it, you have this MOX layer, uh, this metal oxide, uh, semiconductor layer that's on top and it's particularly designed so it absorbs hydrocarbons and that changes the resistance and then you can measure the resistance um, across the sensor and this is all kind of like embedded MEMS technology so it's kind of good stuff. Um, the previous sensor that we have been stocking and really like is the SGP30 and this is also a um, gas sensor uh, that does volatile organic compounds and uh, can kind of mimic uh, carbon uh, dioxide measurements from that. It can kind of back calculate them. Um, so the SGP30 is like the previous version. This one's a little bit different. Um, you know, as I played with it today, I wrote a drive where I kind of learned a little bit of the differences. They're basically both gas sensors, um, but this one kind of just pops out volatile organic compound measurement and uh, effective carbon dioxide. Whereas um, this new sensor gives you the raw um, metal oxide sensor reading and then it's calibrated but it's, so it's the same between uh, chips but you get the raw reading and then um, you would use their library to calculate um, you know basically uh, air quality so um, what I like about this is that most metal oxide um, gas sensors you know you saw that there was this hot plate so the hot plate is like a resistor and you have to like control that turn on and off and it's like you know can draw um, you know, a couple hundred milliamps or like hundred milliamps or so. And then you have to read the resistance and you do that with an op amp or you do that um, with a resistor divider. What I like about the SGP series is it's got like this very basic and very easy to use I squared C interface. And the I squared C isn't that weird. Um, I always drive me a little crazy when some companies, they, they do really unusual I squared C, but um, you know, this one is actually pretty simple. You send in these uh, two bytes with the command and it returns back, uh, you know, a couple bytes with uh, the data. And there's like only three commands, so you don't have to think too hard. Um, and uh, there's a CRC with the, the bytecode, uh, the, the, sorry, the data that comes back, so you can ca calculate the CRC value to make sure you got the right data. But it's, it's pretty simple. You just like, send two bytes, receive three bytes. And the data you get back is this raw reading from the... Um, the resistance, it's not the exact resistance, but it's a calibrated reading that tells you approximately what the resistance is, like to a calibrated amount. And then they haven't yet at the time of this video released the library for converting that into um, volatile organic compound readings, but hopefully it will be released soon. And I hope they do it in a uh, permissive way so that uh, you can easily use it in various libraries uh, with different chipsets. Um, so yeah, this is basically how they expect you to use it. You would take the SGB40, you'd also grab one of their SHT humidity sensors. You use the humidity sensor to like optimize, like you wanna kinda make sure that you don't have humidity affecting the measurement because you know humidity normally does make the resistance change a little bit. So for the best precision, you would have a humidity sensor as well. You plug that into 
the driver, and then um, out pops um, the VOC index. And uh, I'll try out the code when it arrives, but apparently it gives you a number between like zero and 500. And so it's designed to be a very simple way of um, doing air quality measurements. Um, so when most people talk about air quality, um, and I kind of like this graphic because it's very handy. So air quality has like four different components. Um, and this is the one on the left. This is the VOC, the volatile organic compounds, like ethanols and you know other gases. And I'll show you even alcohol works quite well. At the top, there's CO2. Uh, and Sensorian also has a CO2 sensor. I think it's called the SCD30. Uh, check that out. Um, it's a really great true CO2 sensor. Um, a lot of sensors that are surface mount and low cost, they sort of, they're effective CO2, but they do have a true CO2 sensor. Um, as we mentioned, their relative humidity and temperature sensor series, the SHT series is great. Uh, I love the SHT uh, 3X series, the 30, 31, and 35, uh, different accuracies. And then PM2.5, which will give you like, like particulate, like chunks of stuff, like dust in the air, which is what you have to deal with when yeah. there's forest fires. That was in the news. People know about that now, and we're everyone buying masks. Uh, that was one of the criteria. Is the PM 2.5 the same thing as N95? All sorts of stuff. Yeah, so now right. suddenly everyone's an expert at this. So, uh, so you can pick this up. It's available, of course, on DigiKey, and we have the number 164SGP40D. R four C T and D. Well, that just means cut tape. That's my uh, yeah. exam of the week. And digikey.com forward slash short forward slash Z W Z J Q B. And you can, of course, just search for it on SGP 40 on Digikey. Yeah. And check out the SGP 30. So they're not exactly the same, they're a little bit different. Um, but they're, they're both air quality sensors. And I think this one, when you add their library, I think it'll be able to like give you more information when you, but you have to do that like yeah. microcontroller based processing. So next up, because I did get a driver working, um, I have here my cutie pie board. So I've got, I uh, just USB C power connected to a quick connector, um, for stomach QT. I reworked one of my SGP30 boards. This is SGP30, but it's actually SGP40. And then I've got the OLED displaying this number. This is like the 16-bit number. So then you're like, well, how do you how do you ev uh, licked a um, a uh, response from a sensor that's um, for air quality? I don't want to reduce the air quality here, but you can um, do a great job with alcohol um, because alcohol is you know an ethanol. So you can. Uh, take the cork from this very nice liquor and you put it near the sensor and you'll see the number is dropping. So it was uh, 27,000, now it's 20,000. Um, if I get it really close, so maybe I maybe can get it to drop even more. Once in a while in the past, if there was alcohol around me, I would drop. <laughs> yeah, like that. So your resistance drops. Just like Cuban resistance drops yeah. when alcohol is involved. So you see that you know when I really saturate it, it, um, the resistance goes down, and then when I remove it, it slowly crawls up. And uh, one of the things that they um, really tout about the SGP40 is you're going to get similar performance from um, chips. So you don't have the, MOX sensors, uh, gas sensors are known for their variability. You need to calibrate them. These are apparently have a lot less variability from chip to chip, so you don't have to worry about um, the auto calibration procedures that you'll have to do. And also, um, they don't degrade with time. It's another thing that happens to gas sensors. They degrade over time, and the sensor has to be replaced because it gets uh, tarnished, basically, or oxidized. Um, but um, the process they're using for these sensors apparently lasts, they say, up to 10 years. So, uh, yeah, so you see it's already back up to about 25,000. So a great 
wait before you. And that is this week's INMPI. Thank you. Okay, before we get into new products, Lydia, did someone in the chat said, where do you get a cable like that? I'm going to go back to the overhead. The cable. Where do you get a cable like that? Oh, this, this, yeah. this power. I don't know. This is from Phil's. We have a similar one in the store, though. I yeah. don't know where you got this from. Yeah, I think it... I think it came with something. I think it was a freebie from these things that used to be called tech conference events. I think so, too. I think it was in, like, a tote bag. But it's very handy for demos because like sometimes they, it's micro USB. Yeah, and but the other cable, the Stemma cable, we have those in our store. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Next up, let's uh, let's do this. You ready? Yep. New, 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 new. All right, new products. Um, please place orders. We like staying in business, and we like shipping stuff, and we like um, doing a good job making electronics here in the U.S., and uh, the only way we can do that is if uh, folks uh, click the Add the Cart button and then check out, and don't forget we have all sorts of freebies you get and uh, things that you can buy right now. Okay. Yeah, we got a bunch of different... Um, wires. Wires. I love wires, though. So this is really neat. Somebody emailed us and said, hey, can you carry, like, this ultra-thin wire? They called it Litz wire, but I don't believe it's actually technically Litz wire. It's just ultra-fine gauge wires. And, in fact, they're so thin, um, the person said that they've sewn with them. They put them in, mm. in the sewing machine um, because they're basically, like, wax thread. So, it's a spool. Yeah, it's just, they come in a little spool of 10 meters, and um, they're incredibly small. Like, I mean, they're, they're 0.5 millimeter diameter down to like 0.28 millimeter diameter so extremely tiny and then this shows you there's four different gauges that we're stocking um 30 32 34 and 36 they get thinner but you know and they only have a rating of about like 30 volts and like they say 100 milliamps but you can kind of push it i mean like if you're not you know that's the rating but you can kind of spike it up a little bit if you need to like pull 300 milliamps really fast but do be aware they're very thin so this yeah. is the um yeah, this photo is deceiving because I'm like, oh, you know, when I saw this, I'm like, oh, it's just like a spool of wire. No, no it's like more like a spool of thread that happens to be wire. Yeah, I mean, it's really thin. It looks like thread. Let me get it to focus lock because it's just, it's just so yeah. skinny. But it's basically like wax thread. It's so thin, but it's stranded wire, which I like. So usually when, you know, you have to use silicone wires, they don't go below 30 gauge. And that's why we have... Um, 36 and 34 like why didn't we go higher it because we already have silicone wires that are 30 gauge and above yeah. but these are very thin and the jacketing is teflon so it's a little stiff but it feels a lot like wax thread like it's it's got a little bit of stiffness but it's still like you could sew with it i think i didn't try because i'm a sewing machine but um i believe it and it's stranded wire you know it's easy to solder to um very fine wires and it looks like there's about like 10 or so strands um, it's available 10 meter spools in four different uh, thicknesses. I, you know, we carry a lot of different wires, but people really love having the options. There's, you really don't want to have just PVC coated, you know, 20 gauge for everything. You want to have different wires, different situations can really make your project shine. Okay. I agree. Okay. Um, here is a big old panel. This is a three millimeter pitch. Um, LED matrix. So um, we have. Uh, yeah, I'm just gonna go to this because like. Yeah, hold on. I gotta un bang. unravel this. Just got. 
Yeah, I'm going to go to the, so you can see this right yeah. here. Cause like, so, this, this is the only way to really show this off. So um, I have it with a, a matrix portal on the back. I'm going to uh, mess things up here. Give myself a little bit more slack. OK. Um, so this is the, uh, it's got the um, LED sand demo in it. And um, this is just showing you, it's a lot of pixels. Yay, fun times. That's cool. um, and uh, you can drive it with our matrix portal board. You just have to solder on. There's a little jumper on the back. You solder to tell it to use address E. And uh, our uh, libraries in CircuitPython and Arduino work for it. Uh, people really like these 64 by 64 LED matrices. They will say, you can't use this with an Arduino. There's a way to, you need way too much memory, like Arduino Uno. So you need like a SAMD21 or an ESP32 or, or some other like more powerful processor. Am I blinding yeah. you? Sorry. No, it, <laughs> it's really beautiful. Yeah. Because I was comparing how it looked. Like, you know, the camera's always handle LEDs different but like these are like really nice yeah they're a beautiful little pixels yeah. so it's like you know the LED wall but I like the squares that people I, you know I want to make another cube project maybe yeah, yeah it's like they're really you know, bright funny, and the, actually, the colors are like really distinct it's hard to do the sand demo because I'm looking and I'm like why is it moving and it's like oh yeah. it's the other way um, so check out uh, we yeah. already have a 2.5 millimeter pitch one this one's a little bit bigger um, and we got a new supplier for LED matrices so um, the pricing is uh, much improved. So if you're like, I've always wanted them, but they're expensive, uh, check again because uh, we've dropped the prices on our LED matrices, and now you can definitely put them in your project. Yeah. All right. Um, I didn't know what these were when I... Yeah, they're weird. I didn't know what they were when I was putting them in the show tonight, and I was going to ask you about it, and then uh, now we're doing the show. So, hey, what are these? These are SOIC sockets. And someone, I saw a project with one of these, and I was like... Oh my God, that's so cool. So these are SOIC sockets that have the same footprint as the SOIC that they would socket. So you can actually solder this onto a board and then use it to swap out chips. And the two packages that they're available for are eight SOIC and 16 SOIC. So it's like the same yeah. make, the same company, camera's right. like Wison or something. I think they're a Korean company. One thing to watch out for is they're only for wide SOIC chips because these are tend to, I think these are used for people who are like, swapping and trying different flash chips on like FPGA boards or like Linux computer boards or whatever. Usually your flash memory yeah. is on a, a wide 16, um, so it's like, you know, 8-bit SPI or on an 8-SOIC-wide uh, um, quad SPI chip. So if that's why it's, you're like, why can't I get these in narrow? Not available. They're only available in wide. Um, however, they're nifty because, like I said, the pinout of the bottom which is, uh, sorry, here. Sorry. Yeah, the pinout of the bottom is the same as the pinout of the chip. So as long as you have the physical space around it, you can solder it onto a PCB that's designed for an 8SOIC wide. You don't need like any special footprint. It's the same footprint. And then you can like turn it into like a socketed setup. And they're like pretty cheap too. Um, I can just show one off really fast on the overhead. So this is, I have it just soldered onto like a little socket here. I was using this to test flash chips. And then to remove the chip, there's like this little latch, which is gonna be really hard to do live. Hold on. One thing I've noticed is, yeah. Okay, so um, you remove the latch and you pop the chip up and then, you know, the chip uh, just falls out. 
Um, but like I said, you know, you'll, you're like, oh, I bet I could fit a narrow SOIC in. No, you can't. Believe me, I tried. It, it gets loose and it doesn't, it doesn't fit in. I mean, you could yeah. press it down, but you'd just be unhappy. But uh, with a wide SOIC, you flip it over and now it's nice and secure. It's cool. Yeah, it's very cool. I really think yeah. this is uh, quite handy, um, especially for people who are like, they're trying different flash chips or different software. You don't want an SOIC clip or maybe you have to like physically remove it. Um, good option. Next up, I've got some wires. Some more uh, PicoBlade compliant or compatible uh, cable assemblies. So you get the socket, you get the plug. These are great for inline connections. Uh, we already had the two pin, now we have the three pin and we have the four pin. Um, I really like Molex PicoBlade. It's again, a very nice small connector and you get a pigtail of each connector type. So you can see here, it's um, great for making inline connections. Uh, if you don't mind bigger connections, our JST-SH series uh, cables are good too. But these are really nice and small. You can see them compared to a quarter. So okay. pick up four right. pin, three pin, and we already have two pin in stock. Yeah, we also have these. Okay, this is cool. I'm going to start with what it does, and then we'll work back to what it is. So you uh, you might be like me and uh, like some very old Xbox games that aren't available in any other way other than on you know DVD. But you um, you want to plug it in and like maybe screen capture or whatever. Now you can. Yeah, we have. Uh, this is like the sister product to the HDMI capture card. This is an AV capture card uh, for NTSC or PAL um, or S video. So we've got multiple options, and uh, it's pretty simple. You see here, you've got um, composite in, yeah. and then left and right audio, and it yeah. does work. And audio does work, or you can do. S video, which is going to be a little bit better yeah. quality because it's it's split. You get a bunch of stuff that looks like this, but you want to put it into something like this. You got it. And it's perfect. So when you see that for the Xbox, which is a great demo because it's like a really old device, uh, some people probably still stream Xbox games. They're super fun, mm -hmm. um, but it only has composite output. Um, this is a great device to use because you plug it in and then it just shows up as a camera, and the audio comes into the camera interface. Um, and it looks great. I will say, you know, it, you're still converting composite into USB. So just because it's becoming digital doesn't clean up the signal. It's still going to be kind of fuzzy because it's like composite. You know, NTSC is just a little fuzzy. Uh, it's not the greatest resolution. Like it'll it'll come in as like, you know, 1024 or whatever. Yeah. Um, or 720p. But it's not like it's resampling it. It's just sampling it at the frequency and at, at the, um, sorry, at the uh, resolution and then kind of scaling it up. So, mm. um just be aware, you know, if you're like, hey, my signal's kind of fuzzy. Yeah, that's because, that's why we don't use a composite anymore. It's fuzzy. Um, but for, you know, any kind of thing that has NTSC or PAL or S-Video out, this is really easy. It doesn't get easier. Okay, the start of the show tonight, besides Hulay Data, our community, our customers, and our team is... This is cool. Other feathers that I didn't have to design. This is the Actinius Icarus feather. So taking flight with feather. Uh, this is using the NRF9160 GPS, LTE, and NB-IoT cellular modules. This is like an all-in-one, does-everything cellular module. And I remember Nordic was like, hey, do you want to like do stuff with this chip? And I'm like, I'm so busy. But this is a really cool chip. And then, um, you know, we got a note from Actinius, and they're like, well, we're going to make a you know, board, and if we make it Feather compatible, is that cool with you? And we said, absolutely, because I don't have to do it. I'll just the, sell it. The Feather ecosystem is up to thousands of boards altogether when you add wings. So yeah. this is exactly what we wanted. And, you know, here's the other thing. It's kind of cool. Made 
in the Netherlands. Yeah. So it's a Dutch company. Yeah. Um, I will say, uh, you know, it, it's a little pricey because it's cellular and cellular, you know, LTE is not cheap. Um, and um, another thing is that it doesn't run Arduino and it doesn't run CircuitPython. You're going to use Zephyr RTOS. That's what you program the chip, you know, the microcontrollers inside. And it has a cellular connection, but you're going to be using an RTOS. So that it doesn't, you know, the Zephyr RTOS is a really great one. I think if they're going to pick one, that was the right one to pick. Um, however, if you're somebody who's just kind of like very Arduino or CircuitPython happy and you're not quite ready to install tool chains, you might want to just be aware and take a look at the guides um, before you jump in because it's not going to be like you could just take your Arduino code and just plug it right in. If you use Zephyr, you should just pick up one of these because this is just cool. Yeah, it is a great Zephyr board though. Yeah. Um, and we like Zephyr RTOS. So yeah. Um, congratulations to Actinius to, to releasing this. In fact, you know, it's funny, we only picked up a couple because like, well, I don't know how people are going to want it, but we actually, I think, sold out um, already. But we will get more in stock. Um, you know, very powerful uh, new feather, a great uh, new board for developing with this uh, chipset. I think the dev kit for this is much bigger, so this is like a nice portable battery-powered version. Uh, another thing to watch out for is it doesn't come with the antennas. You're going to need a GPS and LT antenna. I think we have... GPS antennas we definitely have in the shop. I don't know that we have LTE. Um, you might need to pick one up. Did you key? I'm sure stock some. Yeah. Good products. Okay, so important things to do. Don't forget to add some stuff to your cart because we are open, smart, and safe. We are shipping things very fast. You get free stuff. Free stuff. You get to vote for now. You get all that. Um, let's do some top secret. Okay. And then we'll answer some questions. Yeah, I got a live top secret. So here's some top secrets. You can just say what these are really fast. We'll play one video. Okay. Um, actually, I'll take care of this one. Uh, this is our new 2.9-inch e-ink featherwing. It's part of our Think Ink series. We do a lot with e-ink. We are doing a lot more. It is on its way. Got a new SHT31 um, board for um, that's uh, StemIQT compatible. Um, I wanted to uh, to uh, get more designs converted over, so this one is the latest one that's going to be coming out. Yeah, um, we post these up so you can check them out on our social medias or whatever. But this is like, guess what we sent off? This is a panel party. It's a panel party, so you can guess what all the things are on there. And then we have uh, a, a coming soon product. Don't ask; it's not out yet. Okay, lady, what is this? Hey, I'm testing out this voice bonnet with the Google Assistant. Hey, Google. What is Adafruit? According to Wikipedia, Adafruit Industries is an open-source hardware company based in New York City. It was founded by Limmer Fried in 2005. The company designs, manufactures, and sells a number of electronics products, electronics components, tools, and accessories. All right. Cool. Thank you, Google. So this voice bonnet adds stereo speaker output, stereo microphone, a button RGB LEDs, and an I2C port. So the STEM IQT connector means I can add things like an OLED display. So when I ask the Google Assistant something, it'll actually print out what it thinks I'm saying. That's kind of a cool way to add more accessibility to uh, voice assistants. It's kind of a mini version of our BrainCraft hat. All right, and then uh, this is a big deal. This is coming soon. Um, so this is the ESP32-S2 Express. Uh, Scott helped me out by making a board definition. And it's got an ESP32-S2 Rover. It has DC in. That means Wi-Fi. 
It has battery Incredible. power and recharging, so you can um, you can plug in a battery and take this project on the go. Cause it's wireless, so I felt like it's kind of important. And um, there's a NeoPixel. Um, there's a stomach key connector. There's a reset button here. A couple LEDs, uh, an on-off um, switch, which I think is is handy for wireless projects. And it's gonna be ready to go really soon. This was Rev A, but I kind of like you know did a good job I think or something because I I kind of got most things right. Only the red LED got misconnected. I got to fix that one um, thing. There's also a debug port over here, uh, optional if you want to solder an SWD connector. It's JTAG, but on a two point, you know, two by five uh, SWD connector package. So you'll be able to um, use this with an external debugger like a JLink as well. Okay. Coming soon. Don't ask. It's not out. Back in the vault. Get in the vault. All right. So we're going to answer some questions. Um, we're going to do that over on Discord, adafruit.it slash Discord. Join us, all 25,000 of us. It's question time. There's a couple lined up. I'm going to get to them right away. Please put them in Discord. That's the yeah. easiest thing for us. But I'm going to grab one from YouTube anyway. Okay, cool. All right. So, Lady Nine Ada, um, is there a um, HID emulating product you carry that will allow me to trigger GPIO over USB by listening to a server over TCP IP? I don't completely understand what you're saying. Well, I mean, you okay, can... Okay, so I know what they want to do. So they, they want to emulate, like, a keyboard or a mouse or something um, that triggers GPIO over USB by listening to a server. So they basically want to, like, turn something on and off over the Internet. I think, of, you know, like, yeah, you can use our, our Metro M4 Airlift board. Can do native USB... It has native USB, so it can act as an HID device. Yeah. And it has Wi-Fi. So you could definitely... Yeah, I don't think the GPIO part is necessarily needed in this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think you could emulate it in a keyboard. I mean, you could do it in CircuitPython. It would be an easy project. You could, you know, have it um, connect to an external service like Adafruit I.O. so you don't have to worry about your firewall. And then um, emulate a USB keyboard, and it could, like, type keys. And then if you want GPIO, there's GPIOs too. Got it. Okay. Um, this one. So if we could create hardware for a Mandalorian Season th uh, 3, what would it be? So I have a weird answer for this one. Okay. So here's the thing. There's a lot of people who watch, you know, The Mandalorian. Yeah. Right? And everyone right now in this country and our world is separated. So the type of um, hardware that I would create for it is if you're watching the show, um, there is some physical thing in your home that uh, is a reminder that other people are watching at the same time. Because it's now all streaming. Oh. So streaming streaming takes away the specialness sometimes because you're not all waiting around until 8 o'clock. I mean, some people are. Yeah. But, but you, when you can watch anything anytime, it's not as special. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there's something energetic about watching something live. Um, debates on TV mm -hmm. not included. Um, that's a little draining. Um, but you know what I mean? It's like there's something about that. So I think I'd want some, like, force device, like, to stay canon with this, the Star Wars universe, mm -hmm. where if, like, anyone I know is watching it, it starts to glow. And so then maybe I'd decide to watch it. And then we would, like, communicate and, like, or maybe it can, like, be, like, watching roulette. You just put your ID out there, and if someone else um, is watching, they can choose to let your orb know. I just think, like, there's so much disconnection. So that would be my idea for that. Okay. Okay. I just want a dark saber. You want a dark saber. Yeah, we have, we're posting up a project about that. Cool. So. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So this person uses the HGP30 and the CC811 with Adafruit IO, of course. I was going nuts uh, that they would both drift. Uh, then I put a cover over the sensors and drifting stopped. 
must be the dust hitting the hot plate causing drift. Otherwise, it could have you be, heard yeah, of this? Ambi- it could be ambient. Like these, these gas sensors, first off, you know, you don't want to trigger them too often. You have to protect them from humidity. You have to protect them from um, exposure to, to dirt that could affect their resistance. This is an issue. Try the new SP40. It might be, might be better for your purposes. I don't know if it has less drift. Okay. They say it does. Um, blue fruit, easy. We're not, we don't have them right now. We're going to do a replacement product at some point. Next up, will the SOIC socket fit your cutie pie? No, because no, it's not for the wide SOIC. I mean, you can kind of sort of probably make it work, but it's not It's not really designed for that. Yeah, and then Liz, I think, was answering the previous question that came up, is how to do the um, turning things on and off over Internet and USB. And uh, Liz says she did that with Adafruit I.O. and the Metro Airlift. The Metro Airlift, it's a so, great board. Yeah. I think it's, uh, it's underappreciated. I think it's not one of our most popular ones, but I think it... It ought to be because it's a great price. You get Wi-Fi, you get a Sam D fifty one, you get Arduino and Circuit Python. It's got like you know, compatibility with our shields. It's a great board. Yeah. All right. Um, I think that might be it. Oh, here we go. When using Arduino, what Adafruit board first comes to mind for ultra low power consumption when sleeping? CPU speed is not super important. I actually think that the Cutie Pie is going to be really good because it has an onboard RGB LED that you can turn off. And so I kind of actually, I didn't like design it for low power, but I definitely thought about it because I was like, well, it's so small. People are probably going to want it for low power. There's no LEDs on it, so you don't have to worry about any like power LED using up current. Um, but that's that would be like my, that would be my best. Plus it's small. Plus it's small. It's cute. Yeah, it's cute. Okay. So it hurt. I think that is going to be in unless the little pops in. Yeah, that's it. That's our okay. show for tonight, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Thank you so much. Um, thank you so much to Cara behind the scenes and Nate Slack taking care of stuff. Also, um, Cara has excellent blog posts. I, all our blog posts are great. She um, trained her. I. She's going for the best. I. I. But now she's overcome you. Uh, Cara was going to school, and we had some cool. Uh, uh, mentorship and opportunities at the company so uh anyways i you know i like i want my my hobbies are reading our site so like i do look forward to this so anyways thank you good question um and uh thank you everybody who's ordering stuff that's keeping us going thank you um and uh that is our show for tonight we'll be back next week 7 30 don't forget is show and tell boop and 8 p.m ask an engineer 7 30 show and tell 8 p.m Ask an engineer. Go take care of that voting stuff so uh, you can't complain later. Don't worry. You won't, you won't have to hear about us <laughs> talking about that for more than another four weeks, and then it's over. Yeah, or something like that. All right, we'll see everybody next week. Keep making and sharing and being good to each other. See you later. Thanks, everybody. Here's your moment of Zener. <laughs>